Who is Desiree Shaw? A qualified, registered practicing psychotherapist with over a decade of expertise as a psychotherapist, counselor, and CBT therapist. An expert in men's mental health and relationships. On a mission to make therapy accessible and change the world. One thought at a time. This is the Desiree Shaw Podcast. Hello and welcome. My name is Desiree Shaw. Welcome to my podcast. I haven't done one in a while. I have been so busy. My client list is bulging at the moment, so I just haven't had the time. I do apologise for not being so consistent. This podcast, I'm toying with the idea of calling it Get Out Your Your Own Way or Embarking on Therapy. I don't know. Okay, what do I mean? So, I'm a psychotherapist. I vlog and I podcast. I practice at the Priory and privately. I see a lot of people. A lot, a lot, a lot of people. And I specialise in CBT, which is a psychotherapy for behaviour change, cognitive behaviour change, specifically REBT, which is Rational Emotive Behaviour Therapy. Extremely effective. So effective, it can just change your life, you know. Once you get in there in the therapy, it can really, really help to shape your mind, shape your behaviours and make the changes that you actually need. It can really do this. It really, really can. It's really effective. I started off as a counsellor and I just found counselling not as effective because it was about listening and having the client reframe and work towards their own process, which just doesn't help when you're when you're in a pickle, when you're full of rage and you don't know what to do with it. When you're full of anxiety, you don't know what to do with it. When you're full of depression, you don't know what to do with it. When you're full of envy, when you're full of shame, when you're full of all of these really strong emotions and you don't know what to do. Just talking about it doesn't help. But actually being able to get a directive, a clear way going forward and understanding yourself, recognising why, why your responses do what, do what they do. It's a very scientific way of managing your emotional, personal behaviour. And that's what it does. It's really effective. Now, out of all the people I see, I do have a percentage of people who come in to the therapy room, be that the remote therapy room, be it, you know, face-to-face or on the phone. I do all, all three. You get those people who block their process they block their progress they get in their own way they stand firm in their very own problem and hold it tight and don't accept help you know when I first started practicing years and years ago I used to find it so frustrating I'd be like why would you come and see me and just be so so antagonistic, so resistant, that's the word I'm looking for, resistant, okay, I'm now figuring out what I might call this um, podcast, when clients come into the therapy room and they resist therapy, they resist their own change, they battle the therapist, some people do this, and there's a particular type of person who does this, and often they don't want to face the fact that um, there's a problem, 
So they come into the therapy room and they block the help by posing more situational, problematic hypotheses. Um, And a lot of the time it is hypotheses and they're not actually talking about anything quite concrete and tangling themselves up in a web of mesh of confusion and conflict, which leaves the therapist trying to help until the therapist realizes, oh, 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 I see. This isn't, you're not, you're not trying to get the help. Some people try to prove that they're more complicated than they actually are. The most amazing thing is, and I'm going to say this, I keep saying it, I say it all the time, we are only human. And as human, our problems are, they're very, very, they're very workable. You know, no matter how terrible your problem is, it's very workable. It's very, I won't even say fixable, like we can fix things, but it's very workable. You can work through it because whatever problem you have, it will only be for a time until you get through the other side. You know, there's that famous quote, if you're in, if you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> I can't remember who said that, but um, it's very workable. It's extremely workable. But there are many people who come into therapy with preconceived ideas about therapy and block their progress. Now, this can happen to most people until they get to a point where the therapy starts to make sense. The psychoeducation starts to make sense. It starts to sit with them. And it starts to make sense. So they accept it. They start to allow it. They start to envision the the possibilities of how they can make their own change. And then they go, oh, right, yeah, okay, I get it. And then they start to proceed by actively engaging in therapy. That's the thing with um, CBT. You have to actively engage. Now, if you come into your therapy session as if it's a sword fight... <laughs> <laughs> and you you get the you you get those clients who come out so they take their swords out and they start dancing around the room and waving their swords around and as a therapist you you don't have a sword you're not even going to envision one like you're going to start fighting with the swords it's not about that and you see them start prancing around the room waving their swords around i'm talking like metaphorically here i'm not saying they actually come in with a sword you know it's, it's not like it's not like a gladiator mission or something. But metaphorically speaking, they come in verbally sword fighting you. Verbally trying to, you know, trying to get you on your knees. And you're thinking, but why? I don't understand, you know. And most therapists, most of us, we see clients like this. And it, it can be intimidating. And some of us back down because we don't want to have to show the client that actually there's a bigger problem here. And you're your own problem because somebody who's sword fighting with you doesn't want to accept that they're that they're the one creating their own problem. What they're most likely to do is if you say that is turn it back on you. And nobody wants to complain. You know, we all know that somebody's not going to be happy with us at one point or another, but nobody wants to complain. And particularly therapists, we we are quite sensitive. We don't we don't we don't like it. Somebody says, oh, they didn't help me and they caused it wrong. And they said, and people pull things right out of context sometimes, particularly when they're going through emotional, mental difficulties. It's just comes with the territory. You know, it does. Somebody going through their own emotional pain is is struggling with 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 their pain. So any kind of um, facing the problem is going to cause them disturbance 
let alone if they're hiding from their problem and you get them to see their problem, they'll make you be the problem. That's just what we do as human beings. It's a way of protecting ourselves, you know. Some people walk into therapy and they see the therapist as a threat. And this is when we go into our threat detect and protection mode where we don't recognise help. We just see that person as a threat. So we need to protect ourselves. And that's when we become aggressive. That's when we withdraw. That's when we perform behaviours which just hinder us. And this is really common. Very, very common. So this podcast is about resisting therapy. It's about getting out of your own way. I remember there was this one time... There was this one time, boot camp, um, there was this one time, um, I remember facing a client, it was, it, it was shocking, it was the first time I had come across such resistance, and after that, I recognised it when I saw it again, and this, um, particular client had, um, come to see me, and they had never done therapy before, and had, um, an array of trauma that had plagued them, and had so since um, self-medicated with um, recreational drugs and recognised that they had a problem and needed to come to therapy. So this person came to therapy, and in the first session, it was basically the assessment, it's understanding what's happening. And um, this person proceeded to tell me the issues, what was going on, and asked some questions, and I took some notes. And, you know, in the initial assessment when it comes to IBT, it's about locating the problem it's it's looking at what the emotions are it's understanding there's a lot of um history building here and psychoeducating the client as well to their own emotional response system recognizing empathizing talking with them you don't do any amazing change work in the first session because the first session is about learning and interacting with the client and understanding what's going on, building a picture, getting them to understand the therapy as well. And this person said to me, <laughs> they said, well, you know, I thought I needed therapy and I thought I'd come to therapy and um, and I thought, well, for that price, they're obviously going to do something bloody amazing. So I'm expecting to be changed at the end of the session. And <laughs> I thought, <laughs> really? you expect to change now I mean there's been a lot of recreational drug use on your part a lot of alcoholism there's a deep-rooted issue going on here and um, the fee for you as far as you're concerned is it should make you change let's just look at this in context this this person was in their late 30s had been using drugs since they were 14 now the type of drugs that this person was using is not cheap drugs are not cheap you know you, when you become an addict, have an addiction on drugs, they are not cheap. And I already know the cost of what those drugs would have cost. Now, you are in a situation to get yourself better. And this person decided that that one session should fix everything because of how expensive it was in their view. I mean, I wouldn't really say my fees are expensive, to be quite honest with you. I'm extremely reasonable, but this is not an advert for my sessions. And this person was quite annoyed because they didn't feel like they made any change 
this was the first assessment and they were disgruntled and I thought wow you know this is this is a real prime example of somebody not willing to put in the investment in themselves to actually take themselves to where they need to be see therapy is an investment you know you know something it's an investment if you want to invest in yourself you will in order to get yourself to a better thinking space a better doing doing space a better feeling space because that's where all the good stuff happens and when you invest in yourself you flourish now it's so interesting that we can spend 50 60 quid in the pub you know for one round you know get drunk know that we have consumed copious amounts of sugar and alcohol which benefit our body nil yeah which cloud our minds um, impair our cognitions most likely make us vomit <laughs> towards the end of the night make our heads spin we're happy to do that there is no benefit of that whatsoever we we tell ourselves we're having a good time when really we're just getting drunk and numbing ourselves from our own emotional pain but um we do that we do that regularly but the idea of investing in ourselves to deal with the problem and make a healthy productive change that is lasting that can never be taken away because it's owned by you we say no it's too expensive <laughs> once a week for an hour it's too expensive no of course it's too expensive off you go down the pub off you go supermarket go and get all that sugary stuff go and keep yourself addicted you know um, bury your thoughts bury your mind Stay safe in the comfort of your very own pain and of ignoring it. It doesn't help. It won't help. You know. If you can, you know, spend daily on packets of cigarettes. Cigarettes are, what, almost 20 quid now? You know, packets of cigarettes and alcohol. Daily and weekly, you know. When I see people putting wine in their shopping basket, in their weekly shop. <laughs> I think to myself, wow, you see people with six bottles of wine, really good wine as well, you know? And I'm not saying you shouldn't drink because I like a glass of wine. Not a staple in my diet, you know, but it's nice to have sometimes. Six bottles of wine so that you can get through the week. It's, it's interesting. You know, for that same price of those six bottles of wine, you can actually get to the root of the problem, be more empowered and not need that wine. You can choose to have that wine. Choose it because you want the taste, not because you need it to get through the week. But we do that, and we stand in our own way, because we hinder our very own progress. And it's so interesting, there's so many ways we stand in our own way, you know. We have the clients who do the sword fighting and then end up being quite aggressive towards the therapist, battling and hiding because they just don't want to face it. But they make it the other person's problem. Now, in order to um, make the change you want to make, you've got to be the change you want to be, you know, you've got to be the change you want to make. You've got to get in there. It's not going to happen without the work. It's not going to happen without you facing it. It's going to be impossible for it to happen at all 
if you're arguing and battling and trying to trigger your therapist. You know, some people do that. They try to um, antagonise the therapist, and the therapist can say something um, in inverted commas wrong in order for them to um, be able to compile a very detailed 40-page complaint letter explaining how wrong that was. We do that, don't we? We do that with doctors as well. We really like to blame the medical profession without taking responsibility because it's all about... It's all about you. You've got to take the responsibility. If you don't take the responsibility, you know, nobody can carry it for you. It's yours. But then we project because we don't like to accept what is and knowing that we can actually change it and we're a part of it. We sometimes get stuck in that so badly that we become angry. We become angry and aggressive about about it so anybody who is going to represent moving forward and making that change is going to get the brunt of all of that famous Carl Jung said what you resist persists so true what you resist persists if you resist it persists if you resist the hurt the pain the anxiety the depression it persists It just comes out in another format in your body, in your behaviour, causing you further disruption and interaction issues, emotional issues. You know, this is what we do. When a client comes in and they battle with the therapist, they take out their swords and they do that metaphorical sword fight. You know, on guard, I want to make you submit to me. Sometimes they come in, well, when they're sword fighting, what they are actually doing is trying to control what's happening in the therapy room, trying to be in control, trying to take over and take charge. And um, it's very hindering for them. You know, it doesn't affect the therapist. It just means the therapist cannot do their job. And sooner or later, that therapist will either have to make a decision, this is not working because I'm not able to support you, which means you're coming into session and it's not effective, it's not productive, so we have to end this session. And then the client decides, oh, well, you, obviously you couldn't help me. Not a good therapist or therapy doesn't work for me. I mean, they'll go away with whatever thoughts they want to have based on how much of their own way they're standing in. But when you resist it, it just persists and the problem becomes bigger and bigger and gets uglier and uglier. And it really, really does. It, it doesn't help you to resist it. It doesn't help you to stop your growth. And if you stop your growth, you're the, you're the one who feels it. You're the one who feels all the pain. One, another famous quote, I love this quote. It's actually, it's quite a long one, but it's the end bit that really gets me. So, Viktor Frankl, he says, um, between stimulus and response, there is space. So basically, between your trigger, the problem, and, this, and your response, the way you react to that situation... You've got some time. And in that space is our power to choose our response. And that's where you take responsibility for yourself because you're the one in charge of how you respond. And then he ends it with what... This is the bit I love, you know. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and it's the first thing I think about and I just love this part. And he says, In our response lies our growth and our freedom. When you recognise... Your response is your growth and your freedom. 
how you respond to therapy because you're there and you need to get there because you want help. That's your growth and your freedom. And that's what we're supposed to do. That's what humans are supposed to do. You know, this is why we don't live in caves anymore and ride around in wheelbarrows. You know, did we ever ride around in wheelbarrows? I kind of have that thought in my head. I don't know why. But this is why. This is why we have progressed. Purely because we're supposed to grow and develop. And in our growth, has given us, it's given us freedom. From the first person who invented the wheel to the person who invented the window and the door. And then actually fire, cooking food, wearing clothes, shoes. We're now free from all of that, you know, painful way of um, living amongst the animals and grunting at each other. We've grown and we've developed. But we're always growing and developing. We, we don't just stop. Okay, yes, I've grown enough now, I'm going to stop. <laughs> no, always growing and developing as human beings. That's what we're supposed to do, develop and change, you know, create great things. So in our response lies our growth and our freedom. You know, the response of going to therapy, that's your growth and your freedom. The way the therapist responds to you, that's their growth and their freedom. You know, the way that you decide to manage a situation, no matter how difficult it is, that's your growth and your freedom. You've got that space to grow and be free. Or, guess what you can do? You can use that space to tie yourself up and remain stuck in your own stuckness. That's a choice. Because what you resist persists. That is reality, isn't it? That's just what happens. The guy who, um, who, who, you know, REBT, who created this, Albert Ellis, he says, people don't just get upset. They contribute to their upsetness. So you, don't, you don't just get upset. You create more upsetness within yourself by your thought processing. Uh, the way you manage yourself and the way you interact based on your thought processing and the way you treat other people based on your thought, thought processing. So what's my point? My point is, get out of your own way. Get the hell out of your own way. Stop standing in your way. Get out of your way. Move. <laughs> Nobody can make you move. Honestly, I, I, am, I am not that cuddly therapist that will, that will just sit there allowing you to cry. You will cry, and it will be good for you, and I will feel your pain. And then we'll get through those tears, and we'll work through why you cried. And you'll cry again, until eventually, you won't need to cry. And you won't be frightened of your tears. So when you do cry again, it's not because you're feeling victimised. You're allowing an emotion to pass through your body without the discomfort and fear that it means that you're weak. But you're not going to sit in my therapy room just crying. And I'm not just gonna not just gonna let you talk about all the pain that you've gone through. I'm gonna support you to get past it. I'm gonna support you to get through it. I'm gonna support you to change and be the change you wanna be. That's what I'm gonna do. Because it's amazing when you allow yourself to be the person 
you actually want to be. So my point to you today, very simple. Get the hell out of your own way. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. My name is Desiree Shaw. I'm a psychotherapist and I vlog and I podcast. You can find me on the um, website I will attach to the description in this podcast. You can hit me up on social media and do a lot of vlogs. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Who is Desiree Shaw? A qualified, registered practicing psychotherapist with over a decade of expertise as a psychotherapist, counselor, and CBT therapist. An expert in men's mental health and relationships. On a mission to make therapy accessible and change the world. One thought at a time. This is the Desiree Shaw Podcast.